Welcome to the Ryder Dojo with your host, Diamond. I want the truth! And Larry Korea. You can't handle the truth! Today's episode, Politics. Welcome, everybody. Back to the Ryder Dojo. <laughs> Steven, just the sound back down. <laughs> Glad to have you all back with us today. Uh, today... Uh, on this wonderful episode of the Writer Dojo, it is time for Forbidden Episode Number Two. That's right. We've talked about writing religion. Yep. And now we're going to Forbidden Topic Number Two: Writing Politics. Politics. That's and right. Forbidden Topic Three: We're going to bring in special guests because we both really suck at writing romance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, okay. Well, I can write romance. I just can't write. You know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm more of a fade to black guy in my fiction. I am um, a fade to black guy. Okay. So, politics, Larry. Now, again, I'll say the same sort of thing that I said uh, at the beginning of the religion episode. Um, when what we're talking about is politics, injecting politics into your, into your stories as a tool. Okay. Um, the goods, the bads, the, you know, the, the ways you can employ this. Now there, there's different ways you can do this. Um, just like in that previous episode, we'll start off by talking about injecting real world politics into your contemporary fiction. And then pretty much what we'll do in the second half is saying, oh, okay, well you have your secondary world fantasy or your, um, or your sci-fi that's like way the frick out there. Um, inventing politics in political structures for those sorts of things. Yep. So, but the first question always is, why would we want to put politics into our fiction? I think it's just like religion. It is a valuable storytelling and world building tool. It fleshes out people that people have beliefs uh, and I think a lot of like politics and religion, I think this is a lot of the, the, the forbidden topics you don't bring up yeah. at Thanksgiving dinner is because they are things that people are passionate about and they're foundational and fundamental philosophical things that make people who they are. Yeah. Yeah. So, so many people have their, their own personal identities and their, um, their, their worldviews so wrapped up and entangled with the politics they believe in. Well, they're inter they're, they're so intertwined. And this is a dangerous one too. Can we talk about politics and writing? There's, there's a thing that I have personally railed on, and I've become well known for is Correct. the whole, uh, you know, uh, politicize. So I'm not talking about using politics in your fiction. I'm talking about the politicization of fiction, yeah. where your fiction becomes a big club to beat people over the head with about the message. You the know, message. the message. We 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 all Reverb. we we both like critical drinkers, so. Yeah. I'm a fan. Of, I'm a I'm a fan of critical drinking. I think his his analysis as a writer. I think his analysis is usually pretty spot on. Yeah, um, I agree with him most of the time. But that said, but there is a danger right now where the message overcomes your ability to entertain. As there's the Jim Butcher quote of, "Don't preach harder than you can entertain." Right, um, and that's a, a pitfall that a lot of writers fall into, especially if they fit the current paradigm of what is acceptable politics in mainstream publishing which is overwhelmingly 99.9 percent .9 pointed in one direction right well and, and it's just like it's just like we discussed in the religion episode the idea that 
there, there's a radical difference between you, the author, making every character um, within your story have the exact same politics as you do. Or versus, every good character. Or every good character. Excuse me. Yes, yes. Every every good character believes the way you do. Every bad character is the is the one that's diametrically opposed to your own personal worldview. Right. That's a radical difference between I have character A. Character A happens to be a libertarian or whatever. Um, he's friends with character B, who happens to be a super liberal artist or whatever. Right. Um, uh, again speaking in terms of like saying, say contemporary fiction. Um, and unfortunately, uh, we're going to use, we're, we're going to use one of the same authors that we used in the, in the religion one as, as an example. Isn't that ironic? Uh, oddly enough. Um, you know, it, you see this in shows like say American Horror Story or, um, that's the most ham fisted writing ham-fisted. ever. It's so ham fisted. Uh, so disappointing. Um, and then, uh, you know, guys like Stephen King. Yep. Where, where recently, um, every book, the villain is basically, oh well, you're a Republican and you're Trump. I mean, shoot, that that was that was literally Sleeping Beauties. That's one of the big, the big parts in the early well, in the early. Well, he's book. been like that for a long time because I remember Under the Dome. It was a thinly veiled Dick Cheney, Dick Cheney and George Bush. Right. Right. Were were so it was like. The, the heinous... Uh, Homer uh, Simpson? <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is funny because he just wrote the Simpsons movie. But it was like the heinous, evil, uh, manipulative politician and then the dumb, idiot politician who gets led around by them. It was like so Dick Cheney and George Bush. It was just like, dude, come on. It, it couldn't have been any more... I mean, if it was fists of ham, dude, I could smell the Hormel from across the and room. not even good smoked ham. No, no, oh. no. We're talking, we're talking Walmart watery this ham is like, here. This is like MRE out of a can ham. Oh, it was not yeah, in a good was, way. It was it was MRE in a bag ham oh. with fake eggs. It smelled so smelled like sulfur. No, it's the thing is like so so like, so so yeah. Stephen King is a good example. of This where if it's a Republican, they're evil. If they're religious, they're evil. If they're yeah. like a devout Christian, they're evil. If they're, uh, you know, the guy with the MAGA hat is going to lynch you and throw a bleach on you. Whatever right. it may be. It's Screaming this is MAGA country. In Chicago at 3 o'clock in the morning in the winter. Juicy Smollier. Uh, juicy Smollier. <laughs> French. He's a French actor. <laughs> a French actor. Um, <laughs> you know, that was one of the, the most changes I had to make to Tom Stranger was uh, I had to put allegedly, when I was talking about Juicy Sommelier, I had to put allegedly, the audible lawyers had me put allegedly in there like 11 times, so I just leaned into it. I had allegedly in that book so many times every time I talked about that guy. So, by the way, if you haven't read Tom Stranger, a lot of fun. <laughs> Very political, too. <laughs> no, but so when you're doing politics in contemporary world and you introduce it as a, as a thing, you got to do it based upon the point of view character and what they would think. Yeah. And it's all the same exact stuff we talk about in the religious episode, which is funny because a lot of people, politics are religion. They just replace God with the state, whatever it may be. And you run into a lot of the same exact issues. You know, it's interesting. When um, when Mike Rothman and I were writing New Arcadia and then the sequel, Operation Thrall, which comes out, uh, when this airs, it comes out like a couple weeks later. Um, part of it is that it, it's determining who that character is who the main character is uh and some of it does have in our case some of it did revolve around the politics of the character um and and i remember as we were going through and i was and i was doing some of the writing on this i remember thinking okay 
what would this character believe? Um, this character was trafficked as a young girl, um, grew up being sold around and handed around. Um, violence was enacted on her, but um, she gets an ability. She get she 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 undergoes a, a change that that gives her a physical reason to where she can she can combat that past and i remember thinking okay if i'm a person in that situation what would i believe politically and i don't mean uh and i don't necessarily mean dogmatically like oh right or left leaning um because politics are always more complicated than that it was what what rights would she demand personally for her own worldview? Um, and 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 I had you can't just say, well, she believes this. It's okay. I need to rationalize through thoughts, through past experience, through attitude, through how she sees other people behaving towards other people. Uh, there's a scene in, in Operation Thrall where uh, where her neighbor is getting. Um, her neighbor's getting uh, beat down by her, her abusive boyfriend. And so I'm like, okay, well, how would she react to that? Well, with extreme prejudice and violence. Because, no, nah, she ain't taking that crap anymore. Yeah, it's part of the character. And so these beliefs, and some of them are personal nature, but some of these are become political beliefs because of where the story takes place. Right. And so... I thought very, very carefully about that. Um, now, and it, it so happens that some of those beliefs are the same ones that I happen to have philosophically myself. Which does make not, it easier. Which makes it easier. Yeah. Because um, I can I can kind of, I, I feel like I can get in those shoes when I'm writing it easier. Well, it is certainly easier to make it more believable yeah. and more visceral to that character because yeah. you believe it yourself. Mm -hmm. I, I think a skilled writer can write from another perspective and, and and totally engage it. And the thing is, I've, I have written from the perspective of people who are diametrically different than me yeah. on my fundamental belief level. Um, I mean, for those of you just joining us, I am very, very, very political. I'm super crazy political. What? Uh, my, my, my opinion on quite literally every topic in the universe is on public record. And um, I'm, I'm pretty much on the right, but I'm also very, very liberty-minded. I kind of hate the government and think it's dumb and no. screws up literally everything. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, and I've written political books. I've written nonfiction books. So I'm pretty much an open book. But that said, as a writer, as an artist, as a creator, I've got to be able to get into the heads of others and write them in a way that's believable and not just a caricature. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where a lot of amateur writers or writers who are hacks fail yeah well or, or it's their intention yeah right? that's the other one too is the intent so so if you want to win there's a, there's ignorance and then there's attention if you want to win the accolades of of the worst people in publishing then you will specifically write in a way where like we talked about in the last episode where the religious people are all stupid bigots yeah where the anybody who is to the anybody who's the right of chairman mao is an evil racist uh, monstrous, bigoted, blah, 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 so on and so forth, who hates the environment and wants to burn tires and kill all the bald eagles, whatever it may be. Yeah. Polar you know, bear slayer. They want to, they want to, they want to kick 
kick the transsexual two-year-old kittens, whatever the hell the thing of the day is, it's all bullcrap. Okay. Mm-hmm. Those people don't care about storytelling. They don't care about quality. They don't care about entertainment. They care about message. They care about beating you over the head. Right. So honestly, those guys, if you want to cater to that market, uh, be my guest. Well, and, 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 and to be completely fair, um, I don't want us to, to just say, oh, you know, the, the dying polar bear fiction as we've called it before. But there's also the, the complete opposite side of that spectrum too. Oh man. So the people you on know? our site are just as annoying. Yes. Uh, and can be, because once again, they the, lose track of my, uh, what, don't entertain harder than you can preach. Yeah. One of my, one of my buddies, our buddies actually, Howard. Or I had that backwards. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't, don't preach yeah. harder than you can entertain. Uh, one of our buddies, Howard Jones. Good guy. Ranger Jones. Freaking awesome dude. Um, he and I were having a conversation the other day and it's, it's like, okay, the overly shrill left and the overly self-righteous right. And it's the, this idea that, that if you're catering strictly as hard as you can to, to the, to the, to the, the outlying poles on, on that bell, on that bell curve, um, one, I, I think just from a business standpoint, you're, you're, you're absolutely limiting yourself. Yeah. But each one is really big. Yeah, so you can actually do really good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, so, I mean, I'm sure I, you can. So the thing is, I know like guys. Like, I mean, as much as I, he annoys the crap out of me. John Scalzi. He sells. I, he sells I, books. I disagree with literally everything that man says and believes. However, um, he does sell. He probably sells pretty close to what I do. I think yeah. me and him are pretty pretty similar in book yeah. sales. Um, that said, I think you the, the percentage of people on my side of the aisle that like read John Scalzi books is is infinitesimally small. Um, well, and vice versa. Vice versa. Sure. There are not a lot of communists who love Larry Korea novels. No, you know? no I wouldn't think so. <laughs> I mean, there, there might be one and he has to hide it so they don't send him to the gulag. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. Um, but the thing is, so yeah, you can actually do that. But once again, it comes down to um, what you're trying to accomplish in the story. Mm-hmm. You know? And really, and so, so if you want to cater to that market, you do it. Which is really kind of funny because I don't cater so much as I just tell stories. Now the stories definitely have parts of my personal philosophy in them and, and my politics in them. I, I and I, and I want to say, um, I'm still getting yelled at for not having FDR be a perfect, Oh, perfect, wonderful loud. person in Grimnor. But I, the thing is, how, I, how dare you copy X-Men? I wrote an extremely realistic and for a fantasy novel, I wrote an extremely historically accurate FDR. And boy, I got yelled at for that. Yeah. I, I, I do want to point out, I, I think there's a misconception in, 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 the, in the world of, of fiction writing. There's the concept that, um, and, and, and I think we see this a lot, um, where it's, oh, I'm so tired of politics in my fiction. I don't want people to inject their politics in their fiction. Yeah, we Tough should cookies. specify what that means. Tough cookies, because... Politics, whatever they are, or your 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 politics and your worldviews are always going to end up somehow in your fiction. Yeah. So let's let's specify what we talk about. We're talking about putting politics in fiction. Politics are part of life. Politics are yes. things that happen. But the problem you run into is when you insert them where they shouldn't be. Yeah. When you insert them as a club. Yeah. Or you insert them in a way that is clumsy Mm -hmm. so what i mean by that is going back to that gym quote about preaching 
if you want to have themes and you want to have political messages in your book, that's actually fine. I'm not anti-message fix. It's about putting it in a way that's organic and it feels right. Now, if you have it where every single character who believes what you believe is good and sainted and awesome, and every character who believes different than you is evil and stupid and bad and dumb, that is clumsy. Yeah. It's awkward. It, and that will only appeal to the people who are on that side. Not only that, it'll actually kind of only appeal to the dumb ones. Yeah, I mean, there there are, there are a lot of things that, that for example, that you and I both um, our, our politics tend to be almost a, a freaking circle. Yeah, uh, we're, on, yeah the we're, di- on the Venn We're fairly diagram. close. It's just you aren't as loud, and so people think you're more reasonable than Correct. I. Correct. No, I'm again. I'm more of a kill you in your sleep sort of a guy. Yeah, I'm kill you to the face. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. That, that's 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 the only warning that the freaking Facebook group has ever gotten. It was because of me. Because I make a joke <laughs> like that. Good grief! I didn't even earn it. I'm so depressed. I didn't even get to say anything like radical i give us a facebook strike anyway um it's even then though when you and i have we we've heard of books being written or we've we've read books out there where the the politics themselves actually do reflect what we personally believe but it's the manner in which the data is presented where i'm just kind of like are you killing are you kidding me right now like okay michael Crichton, state of fear Oh, that's... A, I hate that book. That book is a political propaganda book. Yeah. Whether you agree it's, with it or not. And it's and it's right-leaning propaganda. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with... Yeah. I but think I the, hate that book. Yeah, because it's preachy message. It's right. too much, dude. Yeah. You know, that's that's the kicker. In, it's a, that careful balancing act. If you want to have that real-world stuff in there, great. Yeah. More power to you. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's got to be a book first well okay and and the nonfiction section's over there right right now this this goes back to one of the things we always talk about when it comes to character development okay the idea that a character uh and and we see this um in in contemporary fiction you see this it's like oh um joe the plumber walked into the uh into the Smithsonian and noticed the blah, blah, blah type of architecture and the da, 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 da type of, yeah. of crown Where everybody molding. notices whatever it is the author knows a lot about. Right. Um, Dresses. That was the one that yep. gets me. Yep. yep. Everybody knows dress. No, yeah. Most people, most dudes don't know a dang thing about dresses. Yeah, the, it's a dress. The, the fantasy peasant, the, you know, the, the, the peasant in the fantasy knows like every ingredient that's been used in this high end restaurant in a, in a, in a, in a fantasy world. It's like, that dude probably only has eaten potatoes. He doesn't know what the other anything else is. So here's my point. Politics, much like anything else, if you're going to insert that, and, and I think you should, and I personally feel like it's important and it's a great tool for you to use in your story. Um, I think that it's just like, just like what we talk, always talk about with architecture or dresses or whatever. Not every character is political. No. Yeah, they, they aren't. In real life, most people aren't. Now, if you're writing a political thriller... Then, yeah. Then perhaps um, your main character should probably be involved in politics and understand it. Well, I think part of the problem, too, is a lot of authors tend to be terminally online. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Terminally online. When I, people, when I say terminally online, I mean people who are on Twitter all flipping day. Yeah. Okay. And the terminally online people tend to think that everybody's as political as they are. Yeah. Most people aren't. 
Most, in most fact, terminally people, most online people, people are really annoying. <laughs> most people just don't freaking care, dude. Yeah. In fact, I don't know how often, like, I'll bring, because I'm extremely political. And I like say. to keep up on that. And I like to keep, and I keep up on this stuff because, and actually it's funny because I read. But you've always been political, though. Oh, since I was a little kid. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is and also I like, I'm Portuguese. I, I was born to fight. I love yeah, to fight. Yeah. I can't help it. It's in, my, it's in my DNA. But the other thing is, too, is like, I read more stuff from people I disagree with than actually with people I do agree with because I like to know the other side's arguments better than they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I'm, but I have to recognize, I'm weird. I am not mm-hmm. a normal person. So if I'm writing a book for normal people about normal people who aren't terminally yeah. online weirdos. Kind of pull it back. I need to pull it back. Yeah. In fact, if you notice, like like in Monster Hunter, so it's like my main stream urban fantasy kind of thing. Uh, most of the Monster Hunters tend to have politics that are kind of in line with their jobs. Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, sure. I, you know, the, the, the actual MHI organization is like, effing feds right and the feds are like you stupid peasants do you not understand what we're trying well, here's to do a kicker. here i get yelled at all the time by people who think monster hunter is really really political and the thing is if you have ever worked in say military contracting which is probably the nearest comparison to monster hunter you haven't gone near far enough no i haven't no it's so toned no it's so toned down because people in military contracting despise the federal government yes because we work with it every single well, this, day this is the story that i've always talked about right yeah. you know uh, me growing up as a son of a in, in a cop family yeah i thought i i thought i um my politics were a certain way uh-huh. and then um when i started working for you or working with you before you and with you at, at the at the dod stuff you're like, oh, Steve, that's cute. You're, you're going to lose all faith in everything. You have soon. no idea how bad everything is. Within, within oh, I don't know, at least one or two minutes, oh. um, I, I realized just how, how little I understood. Yeah. And how, uh, you know, I, I had not yet dug into the depths of hatred. Yeah. Um, so it's funny to me. So I get these negative reviews. People are like, well, MA or monster hunter is super libertarian and super against the government and very right wing dude for people who go into that kind of line of work where you are a professional who does violence for a living, you're a professional killer under contract to get paid to do scary, violent crap. You, you garner certain mindsets, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, I don't know what the stat is now because the military has gotten wonkier over the years since I've been away from it. But back when I was selling guns to Green Berets, combat arms was like 93% Republican. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you were in combat arms, if you were you were infantry or you were some guy, you were, you were trigger pulling MOS, your politics, you had like a 93% chance that you were going one way. Because that's the kind of people that gravitate. I don't know what it is now. Uh, I have no idea. I've been away way too long. Yeah. I haven't sold guns to the military in like 15 years. Okay. But you know what I'm saying? Right. And the thing is, if I'm writing Monster Hunter, I if I had a bunch of flowery hippy dippies, <laughs> you know, peace, love, whatever. Well, they don't fit in that world. They don't fit. They're the ones that get eaten in your world. Exactly. And so, so the thing is, it depends on the kind of story you're trying to tell. Right. With authenticity and still not go overboard with a message fic. And so, right. so what we'll get in Monster Hunter is like, the, how much these people, because I'll, I'll get these people who love the government will get offended because people in MHI don't trust the government and they make fun of the government. Um, and the thing is, that is toned down. Yes. 
And then the thing is also later on, I went and I wrote Monster Hunter Nemesis. I wrote an entire book from the perspective of the government guys. Yeah. And the thing is, I treated it fair. It's the same thing as like Agent Myers. Agent Myers starts out as a guy who is an, he's an antagonist. He's the government dude. Same with Jefferson. Same as Grant. But as, as stuff goes on, you get their perspectives too. So even though they're diametrically opposed to the good guys and their mission and what they're doing, and they're in the thorn on the side, they're still believable people who have their own motivations, even if they totally disagree. Right. All right. I think we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. We're going to talk, let's talk about when we come back, inserting these sorts of politics and creating politics into other worlds. We'll be right back. Something terrible lies hidden in the land of the Aranak, buried in the stone of the mountain known as the Horn of Torgiv, a secret that is dire, dark, diabolical. Travel with Hal Cedric as he uncovers a secret long forgotten by the ages. Herman P. Hunter presents The Revenant and the Tomb, available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, the Apple Store, and more. Buy it today. All right, everybody, welcome back. Okay, look, as you can tell, uh, we've, we've, Larry and I have, have perhaps on occasion discussed and, and ranted about politics uh, to each other and with each other before. Dude, I could have been a talk radio host. Give me three hours a day. I will rant. Yeah, for forever. Um, <laughs> Five days a week, three hours a day. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think in, in, Generally, what happens on these episodes, some inside baseball here, um, you know, we, we, we pause for break, um, and it's, you know, that, that's for, that's for, uh, for Jack to insert commercial here later. Um, but what it usually ends up happening is, is we just kind of continue our conversation. Um, and when we're ranting, we tend to just keep ranting for a few we minutes. We say all the stuff that we're not going to say on air. Correct. Yeah. Um, but towards the very end of it, um, of, of our kind of in-between conversation, which will never hear the light of day. We don't want to get demonetized is, um, Larry, you said it's complicated. Yeah. We were talking about a certain political issue of our day. That's a hot button topic. And, yeah. but, but, but what I, I want to focus on that word though, the complicated nature of what politics is. And I think because that's where the good stuff. That's exactly exactly whether we're talking uh, about contemporary stuff or historical stuff or um, fully created secondary world stuff. I think that that's the key towards making to making your your stories and using the tool of politics in your story to making it feel real because politics, whether you like it or not, it's freaking complicated. It is. And it's interesting. So this is where I think politics is useful in fiction. Yeah. And this is where, because it gives nuance to the characters. Mm -hmm. It gives depth to the world and it makes it feel real. One of the best sequences in Justified was when Art Mullen is sitting in his car on a stakeout watching some bad guys following Win Duffy and he's listening to Rush Limbaugh. No commentary upon it. But it's just, it's, a, it's he's just doing a thing. They're like, oh, I can't remember what his rating was, like 60 million listeners a day or whatever the heck it was. And yeah. Art was just a regular old dude. Well, yeah. Or, that, or, um, or one of the other things, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was, uh, it's Raylan, Tim, and, and Art 
in a car together. Um, not political, but it, but it speaks to the same sort of character detail. You know, the, the Raylan and Art are in the front and they're talking and then Tim from behind starts chiming in about Lord of the Rings, like a Lord of the Rings reference. And you're like, they don't explain it. That's all it is. He just drops the reference. I think it's about like uh, Minds of Moria or something, right? It was either Minds of Moria or it was uh, Helm's Deep. I can't remember which reference he made. Yep. Yep. I think it was Moria. But it's that kind of thing. It's depth. You know, it's it's depth. And, and a lot of times, um, and this is where where like the TV shows and the movies, where that sort of visual medium, you can um, you get a benefit there because you can shorthand that. It's mm-hmm. it, you know it, it's art listening to a political commentary, and you're like. I can infer, based on his job and what he's listening to, oh, okay, I pretty much know where he's at. Yeah. I, and, and if that's what he believes, I understand why he gets angry yeah. when Raylan does X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Art Mullen's, All at the same Art time. Art Merlin is clearly Republican. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just... And it feels legit to his character. It does. And I, apparently behind the scene, that was actually Nick Searcy's idea. No, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Uh, I actually wrote the forward to his book. Yeah. Well, he and he wrote the forward he, of yours, right? He did. Yes. Yeah. He, he wrote the forward. Yeah. You guys traded. Yep. We did. We traded yeah. forwards. Um, Good dude. Okay. So, with all this in mind, the complicated nature of politics, um, and 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 the potential benefits that it can bring to your world, to your characters, let's talk about second world, secondary world. Crazy so either it's either fantasy or um, science fiction that's so far out there that it's it's not our own universe okay. anymore. This is huge. And I think this is a massive part of world building. Absolutely. And, and think it, 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 as much as I'm not a fan, but Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. extremely political. The politics in it, I I actually think the politics in it probably the best are, are probably the part that actually, whether people realize it or not, that's actually what's interesting them. It's the, the political machinations behind yeah. the scenes. Honor Harrington. Yep. Extremely political, mm-hmm. extremely political. Brandon Sanderson stuff actually tends to be very political. Mistborn is exceptionally political. Actually, Mistborn is is very political in a great way. So that's a really interesting thing, guys. It's, and, and one nice thing about having it be a fantasy or sci-fi is you are now disconnected from our current issues. The weak path is where you take a far future thing, or you take a distant fantasy world. And you insert whatever American politic thing is circa this year. Yeah. Whatever our hot button. And you put it into the fantasy world. And it's funny because people will defend this. Like, well, they did that on Star Trek. Yes. Star Trek was a show that was on TV 80 years ago or <laughs> whatever yeah. it was. <laughs> you know, and they did this thing. And yes, they did that. But that doesn't mean that every other show for the history of the universe needs to do that. Because that right. gets really friggin' annoying. Yeah. Um, and it's just funny to me though. I'll see like this, they'll have a fantasy world, right? Like totally alien fantasy world. They have dragons, they have peasants. Obviously they have different stuff going on in their lives than we do in America in 2023. But what is it about? It's about whatever. Like remember the dragon age two? Oh yeah. Yeah. That was the stupidest writing of any video game I've ever played in my life where like literally every single character in this epic fantasy world from across the universe with dragons and magics and invasions from other dimensions and freaking monsters running around eating people. Demons. Yeah. Demons from hell. But what were like the, what did everybody sound like? They sounded like some freaking gender studies major with rainbow hair off the streets of Portland. Yeah. <laughs> and it was so dumb and weak. What a wasted opportunity. Because Dragon Age one's awesome. 
Oh, number one was great. And so the thing is, guys, if you're doing this kind of stuff and you're creating your fantasy world from scratch, don't be weak and boring and derivative, okay? If you want to hit themes, you want to hit modern political themes, like I have a theme that runs through a lot of my stuff that comes down to basically individual freedom and individual right. liberty Correct. versus collectivism. And then mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I mean, you know, I hang a lampshade on it, right? So, so it's not an overt thing, but it's just a thing that comes up a lot, even when I don't intend to, because it's one of my fundamental building blocks of my personality. Well, and, and in addition to that, it's a theme that you like writing from a character perspective. Well, it gives me interesting story opportunities. Right, um, right. But the thing is, I don't put it, if I'm doing a fantasy, like Son of the Black Sword, this is a huge part of that book. Huge part of that book. Right, And they're right. not good at it, because they're a society that hasn't had this. This is an entirely alien concept. They come from a society where everybody has a place. The law says what you do, that is what your life is, is what the law has determined for you. And I'm writing about people who are breaking the law from the perspective, mostly of a guy who is a perfect servant of the law up until he wasn't. And so it's a wonderful opportunity to tell stories. Yeah. But I, I'm not sticking it in American 2023 political issues because that's just stupid and boring. Well, you know, okay. So, so, so the science fiction series I'm writing, okay. Call of Void. So, um, the main character he he lives on this planet towards the edge of the galaxy um he was brought there as a child uh and he's a slave slave child slave labor and they grow up there you know ever all of them all the people around him it's like oh there's the kids that are brought in on containers yeah. and stuff and they're and you slave. should be able to write about slavery without getting yelled at right <laughs> but you get yelled but at. here's the thing it's you know it's slavery in terms of um, of kids and age and who you belong to it has little to do with race. I mean, it has nothing to do with race or anything like that because this is so far in the future that, you know, where you've got planets and solar systems everywhere, that kind of stuff just, that, that would feel like injecting today's politics into it. No, no, no. Where, where you have, where you have massive corporations that are ruling the galaxy. Well, it's about profit. It's about labor. Um, whether you're talking about the positive nature of it versus the negative nature of it. That's one thing too. So if you limit your world building to just American belief system, 2023 X, then, then you're, you're losing opportunities. Like if you look at like the history of slavery and a million stories that could be told about that. I mean, Spartacus. Okay. Well, I mean, I mean, everywhere from, from Irishmen, to to Chinese the word Slav yeah I mean I mean it's it's a very people tend to distill politics down to its simplest basest form dumbest. rather than dumbest, dumbest form, the, the ig- lowest common ignorant the lowest common denominator because well, we had that issue with a couple of years ago where we had that book that got canceled and we talked about it on the show oh the Chinese it was the Chinese one yeah right? because she wrote a, a, a Asian based fantasy and it had slavery in it and she got yelled at like how dare you well, yeah, and the whole point was that the character realizes how bad it is and fights against it. Yeah, I'm because, like, because only black people have uh, slavery, and it's like, wait, what? No, that yeah. slavery is actually the default of most of human existence. Yeah, uh, not having slavery, having having people be having all people be free and not owned by other people is an anomaly in yeah. human history. 
And so, and, and we only, this has only been an anomaly for not very long. Well, so imagine if, if you choose as an author to, to distill down that politic to that, to that one, you know, to, to whatever the, the, the lowest common denominator is of this, you're missing out. You're missing out on the opportunity here. You're missing Look, out on story opportunities. If, if you want to write a story where slavery is a main component in, in some fictional world uh, or a fictional universe, so to speak, um, okay, well then, then, then actually look at it and say, and say, okay, well, it, it's, it's almost never, well, it is never just one thing. It's a weird conglomerate. It's, it's multifaceted. There's reason, there, there's various reasons for it. Well, you know, it, it's it, not, you have to encompass all those. You say, have to hit it from all those it's angles. It's complicated. It's never simplistic. Correct. If you write, if if you want to write simplistic, go for it. But if you're using politics in your book to fluff up the book and make it more interesting and more intriguing, then you don't want to do that. You don't want to yeah. have. It's kind of like we talked about the religion episode. Hi, I work for the god of evil. I work for the god of good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, whoa, okay. Well, or or, or like or like um uh, the 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 Western cliches. I wear a white hat. He wears a black hat. Yeah. One is good and one is bad. It's like, oh, hi, I'm from the I'm from the good the super good guy party, and I was like, hi, I'm from the evil party. Yes. And check out my cool Hugo Boss uniforms. Yeah. You know, it's it's. It's kind of lazy and stupid. Right. And sometimes, sometimes history does serve this up to you on a silver platter where it really is the evil bastards with the skulls and the yeah, yeah. and the Hugo Boss uniforms yeah. and the riding boots. Okay. It is pretty obvious, you know, team yeah. bad guy here. But the thing is, if if you're doing politics and especially if you're writing where you're writing from multiple perspectives, like Lee Modisett's really good at this. Yeah. Like Lee yes. Modisett's really, he'll, he'll get really political. He, and he's very good at politics. And he's really good too at jumping from faction to fan, faction from book to book and making everybody seem like, okay, this is why they do what they do. Mm-hmm. Because guys, ultimately, if you're writing about humans or aliens that are human analogs or whatever it is, or sentient beings, whatever you're writing about, space whales, I don't know. Mm. They have a belief system for a reason. Uh-huh. Okay. Even though I disagree with certain political uh, beliefs, you know, collectivism, whatever, maybe, I get it. I understand the appeal. I understand the appeal of communism sure. because, hey, sure. you know, I get it. I get the ads. I mean, I get why you would. Be, now, I I, under, I understand why people like the sound bites. I, yeah, exactly. Or, or 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 whatever the topic may be. I get the appeal. That's one reason I like to primarily read sources from the other side mm-hmm. because I like to know what they believe better than they do. When I argue with them, then I crush them because I already know what they're going to say. It's pretty awesome. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, got to think a couple moves ahead so you can get yeah. the zingers in. But you look at this kind of stuff, that's what you need to do if you're creating politics from scratch in your fantasy world. If you've got two warring kingdoms, I mean, you could go, hi, we're the bad guy kingdom of skulls and ravens, and hi, we're the good guy kingdom of light and happy elves and whatever. You can do that. Well, okay. So, so I mean, so Mordor versus, you know, Gondor. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, you one, has, one has a giant flaming eye that watches out and sends murder orcs after you well to be fair the book didn't have the flaming eye they added yeah. the flaming eye for cool effect which go with the, the the eye was cool i think tolkien okay. would approve of the eyeball servants of war yeah oh gosh okay. Poly- very effectively political. two kingdoms fighting against each other in a fantasy world okay and they're both douchebags and they're both horrible and awful oh yeah because we go by american politics of 2023 no they both suck i mean oh, there's yeah. they're awful 
I mean, one is pseudo-Russians who have made giant armored suits of death. Out and who, of and dead who, golems. And, and, the, and the person who's effectively running the country wants to, you know, invade hell. To harvest the souls of the dam as an energy source. You know, I mean, <laughs> as you do. And and then, you know, and then there's the the opposite side, Almacia, as we, you know, in, in the story. You know, they're, they're pretty good, though. I mean, they only made gas that melts your skin and flesh to death. Yeah, the poison gas guys are actually probably a little less violent. <laughs> but don't worry. There's this third faction of this chick who's dead, who, you know, is just, you know, creates an entire hell world. <laughs> is it so in this world we created the armies of hell are like an actually fairly reasonable faction comparatively speaking yeah and so the thing is but we they're, actually, their gods forsook them we cre- oh yeah they're look they're kind they're of pissed, pissed off, off. she's just took in the orphans that's all it is that's all it is the thing is so, so we did this and we create but we created a layered political system there's machinations going on there's people fighting against each other there are People doing what they do because it's the situation they have and they're all trying to get ahead. One of the best lines, I, I can't remember the exact line, but the one it's the one about enlightened self-interest from Babylon 5. Remember? Oh, yeah. Uh, Which is a great example of a show that was really good at writing believable politics. The politics in Babylon 5 are... Because... That's a highly political show. It was a highly political show. There was actually, there was a lot more depth to the politics because I think that's why it's had such staying power in, in, in history. Because yeah. you actually watch Babylon 5. It's pretty cheesy, right? Like the of actual pr- production of Babylon 5 is cheesy. But the actual politics of Babylon 5, there's depth to them. And there's not really perfect good guys, perfect bad guys. I think this is why a lot of Star Trek fans end up gravitating towards Deep Space Nine. Because it was it was more, it was highly political, but it was personalized politics. That makes sense. I'm not, and I'm not a star. And I've we've established on the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm only passingly a Star Trek watcher, and I've never watched most of them, so I don't know. But like, I think honestly that the sci-fi that stays with us, there's going to be those elements. What's about thematic sci-fi? We're talking about Firefly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, politics is massive in that. Massive politics, which as is, is re- as is religion, obviously. Which is really funny because Joss Whedon is not politically the same as Malcolm Reynolds. No, they're opposite yeah yeah josh whedon would have fought for the alliance yeah you know what i'm saying douche exactly and so but but the thing is though the the politics of this show that's what he gets for making alien four. Oh gosh proto firefly Ugh. the only thing the good thing that there was some good scenes with ron perlman which speaking of people with terrible politics there you go great actor yeah dumb as a pile of hammers i do, I do love him as, as an actor he's a great actor great actor he's just i mean yeah yeah <laughs> But, but the thing is, so if you give, okay, so like I said, these, these are all political things. Now, done poorly, it is a turnoff. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars prequels. Ugh. Who gives a crap about the Trade Federation? I, I, I don't know. I don't care. It doesn't make any sense. It's boring. Well, well none, of the, none of the main characters are in the Trade Federation. Yeah. It, so why did we care? I, I was, what, what is going, I don't even know. It doesn't matter. We were, we were never given a reason to actually care. Yeah, about that, that politically speaking. Sense. I mean, honestly, that, that could have been done really well. Like, Well, what it is, it, it actually goes back to, I think, what, what you were talking about earlier. It was distilled down to such a simplistic form that it lost all gravity to it. Yeah. You know, it's like, we're a trade federation. Basically, we don't, we, we do 
call it like trade stuff. We're here to do evil. But we're we're bad guy capitalism. The With end. Our robot armies. And then and then the sequel movies, may they rest in hell. Um, were there any politics in this? Dude, okay, so what the like well there was, but they didn't it made like what the crap was the first order it, it just was stupid. No, the the the, the, po- was... the the political the political ramifications of the face off uh, of the two factions facing off, right? The new order versus the new republic make zero sense. No, it was it was, it was just dumb. It was dumbed down. Because what what it's at the end of the first it's at the end of uh Force Awakens, right, where they blow up the planets. The first one, yeah, yeah, yeah. They used planet Death they, Star. They used planet Death Star to kill a, like like all of the it, like it, a bunch of planets. And it had like faster than so so it had a death beam that could cross the galaxy in seconds, yet was visible to the naked eye of the people on the planets it was Correct. blowing up. Correct. So I think so it decelerates before it blows up your planet. Just to look cool though, for dramatic effect, right? Um, and then once you, I mean, so here, once you suck up the sun of your of your planet Death Star. Do you drive that planet to another sun to pick up another sun to use? Well, I mean, I mean, if you have the intergalactic space Winnebago planet, I mean, that's what I would do. And then why don't they just do the Holdo maneuver on it? Exactly. <laughs> oh wait, we've had another episode about internal logical consistencies. We'll not. Yeah. We'll not. Uh... Well, we, we've we've been joking that at some point for our supporters, we should uh, we should basically do riff tracks of, of uh, that of the of the sequel God trilogy awful movie. Um, but but here's the here's the point. If you though. took a DVD of that movie and you dropped it in holy water, it would go off like Coke and Mentos. <laughs> yeah, even, <laughs> dude, there's vampires offended by you right now. How dare you compare the evilness of that trilogy to okay, them? Okay, so we're, we've diverged into just logical inconsistencies. But but here, okay, but here's the here's the political point. Yeah. Okay. Um, at no point in that series does the politics make sense. And does it actually carry any real weight? No. Because we go from, oh, yeah, there's a new republic, I guess. And they're pretty big. They span the entire galaxy and rule everything. But then there's the the, the new order. Um, oh, no, they don't. I, I guess they don't rule the galaxy. So we just brought the empire back. Even so, though we beat them last time. So pew, pew. And then we start off in movie two. And I guess now the roles are reversed overnight, which is not how it happens. And That's uh, how war goes. That, well, and, and then, speaking of war... The, the political nature of the military within this makes zero sense. Oh, yeah. And not only does it make zero sense logically, it's, it's bad from a writing standpoint. Yeah. Because it is obvious that it is, um, it, it doesn't take into consideration the various levels of politics that exist within, within the military, um, chain of command yeah you if you're gonna have so when i get into the politics i mean you can get even down to like the interpersonal politics like military rank stuff uh-huh. internal logical consistency correct you gotta have it you correct. gotta have and it. again it's complicated yeah and that's okay that's okay and the thing is you don't have to explain everything to the readers but what you do show has to make logical sense to the readers and and and, and again it needs to make sense to the or it needs to conform to what your character is doing because if again you know not every character uh sees the architecture and they walk into a room well not every knows the make and model of the dress not every character understands um 
for example, a chain of command or understands the political party structure of your fantasy world or the, you know, understands the, the political interactions uh, between, say, um, uh, Earth versus the, um, the MCR versus the Belters, right? Yeah. To, to use an Expanse reference. So not every, not every character is going to understand that at, to detail. But they might understand, you know what? Belters super hate us because we're Earthers. And the watchers, the, the the viewers, the audience, understand it in the first episode. Yeah, it's very simple. It's That yeah. part is easy, but it doesn't matter until um, you start getting into the heads of characters where they're involved in the politics. In fact, this is, this is Holden's almost entire story arc long term. It's how he, be, he becomes a, 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 an ice miner to a polit an, an honest to goodness political juggernaut Galact galactic paladin yeah. yeah yeah like like true good like paragon on one side will not will try not to do the wrong thing you know that brings up a really good point uh we'll we'll, we'll glom onto this because this is a show we both watched and i think it illustrates a really good thing notice that there's three different factions each faction has their pros and cons yes each faction has their goods and bads yes each faction screws up. Earth does horrible things. Yeah. Earth is, when you get to Earth, you see Earth is crappy. Earth is a disaster. Earth is a disaster. Um, the right. MCR oh, are a mess. They're a mess. And they completely fall apart. When Notice that politically, it's like, so when the MCR loses the dream of like, we, well, we don't need to terraform Mars anymore. Yeah. Everybody bails. It ruins yeah. it. Yep. It but then the Belters are, are are a train wreck. Even though at first you think, okay, these are the these are the good guys. These are the ones are picked no, on. They are not. Yeah, it's like some of them are, some of them are not. Some of them are terrorists. Yeah, some of them drop you know asteroids on. But Earth. even the terrorists, you get why they're doing it. Sure. And then you got dudes like Fred Johnson, who I think is a fantastic oh, character. Well, yeah, and, and that's one of the characters I was going to bring up because this is a character that spans multiple worlds. Mm-hmm. He's got a, he's got a foot in two worlds. Yep. He's got a past. He's got a history. He's got politics. A violent history. Vi- violent war criminal history. Yeah. Uh, he does bad things. But he does bad things for a believable reason. And it's all based upon the politics they established in this yep. universe. And you know those, notice, notice really, really kind of cool too. Those politics aren't uh, 2023 topic X of the day. No. You know what I mean? No, they're not. They're, they're, they're bigger universal eternal things. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm a big fan of Gundam. Everyone knows this now. Oh, yeah. He's um, a huge Gundam fan. But if you, if you, when, when you watch those, those various series, it's the same sort of thing. You're like, oh, oh, okay. Well, um, yeah. So these people are committing genocidal war crimes on each other. Okay. Um, so that's what your politics are. Um, Gundam people, people think of Gundam, you're like, ah, giant stompy robots. No, 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 no. I mean, that's there and that's why it's awesome. And that's what sells models that I build. You're in it for the genocide. It's no, (laughs) Gundam is 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 like ninety percent politics, because in a in a galaxy in in a galactic wide conflict, um, how pers- how 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 individual characters deal with politics that have galactic ramifications that are bigger than them is very intriguing. It is. Okay, this episode is long. And we could, go for we could probably easily. easily go for another hour. Um, okay, we, we've talked about we talked about um, 
obviously The Expanse is a show that, that does politics well. Uh, off the top of your head, can you think of uh, of any other shows where you really thought you were like, man, the way they, they, the way they handle politics in this is actually pretty good. Uh, sci-fi and fantasy-wise? I could well, think, think of some bad ones. Sure, yeah, what? Oh, The Witcher. Oh my gosh, it's so bad. It's so bad. The it's, show, it, the show. Yes, the, the show. show. The show. Because actually... It is very political. Because I, actually... I have no the, flipping idea what's going on. The books and the games, the politics within the books and the games is actually excellent. Okay, I'll say that because like Witcher 3, the politics in Witcher 3 in the game were easily followable, I understood. And you had like Super eight different kingdoms. Each one had its purposes, its yeah. heroes, its villains, and what they're going for and their uh-huh. factions. And it all made sense. And you were the you mm-hmm. were the lone wanderer badass bouncing yeah. around between them. Made perfect sense. The TV show... A freaking mess. Dumb AF. Dude, I, I am... A freaking mess. I rage quit. Dude, I played the video game. Oh, I mean, I, I, I almost, I'm like 98% completed that video game, right? It's so I, good. I, and, I, and I got the role-playing game book, okay? Oh, yeah, I have that over here somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> so I've read it. I know this universe, right? And I didn't know what was going on. No. I mean, this is bad. Bad politics, bad writing. Okay. Dumb. I'll give you an example of interesting, good, and diverse politics, and you're going to agree with me. It's a contemporary. Since you went fantasy, I'll go contemporary. Okay. Bosch. Excellent. Yes. Good example. And multifaceted. Different sides. Radically different sides. Yeah. I was actually... It's, it's a show that could have easily, easily gone the way of Nathan Fillion's The Rookie, where all cops are stupid, basically, and all the laws are stupid, and, um, and all cops should just um, hold hands with everyone that they're talking to and never shoot them. There was one episode, or actually one season, where Bosch pulled its punches on the politics. And it Are you talking the, about final season? J. Edgar. I, yeah. I, I'm I, pretty sure that something got cut from that episode. Me too. I'm, I'm almost specifically positive. Specifically because of the rioting that was going on. Because I'm, I'm pretty damn from the... Okay. For those of you who haven't seen the show, J. Edgar's a great guy, but he's going he's going through some stuff right now. Which you understand. Which you understand. Politically, I mean, character-wise, politically yeah, speaking, you get it. writing. And there's a scene where he starts to rough up a prisoner, or not a prisoner, but a guy they're arresting yeah. in a violent situation. And, and what he does on the show is actually very mild. Well, it's almost kind of by the book. Yeah, and but then they and then they break it up and everybody's all upset at him. Yeah. And it's like, mm, I'm pretty sure... He, he put the boot to him or, or gave him the hickory shampoo. Yeah. And you know, it st- cut started, out. <laughs> started beating him while he was down. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. And so I'm pretty sure they cut that. Yeah. Because of the, could be, because somebody at the network was like, no, I'm scared. Well, I mean, okay. That show handled totally not Black Lives Matter. Really well, actually. And handled it exceptionally well. Really well. The internal struggle of politics, good and bad, from, uh, from a police department the was chief excellent. versus the mayor. Uh, brilliant. Well done. Well, and, and seeing how, how, how he goes from chief, how, how Irving goes from interim chief to chief and, and seeing his whole political, basically degradation. Yep. Like it's so fascinating. So good. And then of course you and I loving, loving detective and cop noir like we do. We need to get Howard on the show and talk for like three hours about this. Yeah, actually. Um, it's, uh, it's it's so awesome to politically see a character like Bosch, who's this this as we talked about Casey, that's this tarnished paladin. Yeah, so it actually hits the twenty twenty three or whatever year it was twenty nineteen or whatever year yeah, it was topic of the day X, and then it hit it and and hit hit them pretty fairly. Oh yeah, super good. Okay, 
that's all the time we have for you today. Hope you liked the episode. Um, it's been fun talking about our two forbidden topics um, so far. Um, I, I don't know that you're going to get a serious forbidden episode number three until we get a guest star on. Because um, Larry and I aren't going to talk about that in a room by ourselves. That's weird. It's just weird, man. I'm not good at that. Like, yeah. I can't write. I, yeah. I can write romance. I can write romance. But like actual, actual sexy stuff. Nah. I can write I can write good relationships. I'm actually pretty good at writing relationships. Male, female. I can do that. But like the sexy time. Oh, bad. Sorry, nah. guys. <laughs> no, not, my, not my thing. All right. So that's all we have for you today. Hope you enjoyed the uh, supersized episode. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. Writer Dojo is Steve Diamond and Larry Korea. Produced by Jack Wilder and Bear and Hair Studios. Theme song, Word Mercenaries by Craig Naivo. New episodes come out every Wednesday wherever you stream your content. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can help support us by going to anchor.fm slash Writer Dojo, by leaving a five-star rating and review, and by helping to spread the word. To advertise on the Writer Dojo, email ads at writerdojo.com. All questions and comments can be emailed to questions at writerdojo.com. The media sucks and is evil. They're villains. I'm like, yeah. It's like, politicians are backstabbers and horrible. I'm like, yeah. It's like, these detectives, they're freaking heroes. I'm like, Right, they are. <laughs> <laughs>